Among the many laws of Karban Pesach, the Torah forbids one from fracturing the bones of the Karban Pesach, and a bone do not break in it. Now, although we may have never before thought twice about this prohibition, perhaps not even once, I think there are actually very fundamental lessons about the Exodus hidden within this Isser. So what exactly is the reason for this prohibition? Why, in fact, did the Torah forbid us from breaking a bone of the carbon Pesach? So there are actually multiple approaches to this prohibition offered among the Mepharshim, and the Torah Tamima cites at least two seemingly opposite reasons. The first, which is also suggested by the Chizkuni, the Rashbam, and the Bechor Shor, is that the whole prohibition is meant to assure that the Korban Pesach be consumed in a way that conforms to derech chipazon, or the way of haste. Indeed, we know that chipazon, or haste, was a thematic characteristic of the original Korban Pesach, as it was eaten in Mitzrayim with a sense of urgency. That was because at any moment the Bnei Yisrael, who were going to be consuming the Korban Pesach, needed to be ready to be dismissed and released from the land of their bondage and affliction. And when one eats meat in haste, one does not have the luxury of taking apart the bones so as to suck the marrow out of them, but one quickly consumes the meat and just discards the bones whole. So the first approach, once again, is derech chipazon, haste and urgency. And yet the second approach, which is also cited by the Chizkuni and the Torah Tamima, is that the carbon Pesach is to be eaten al hasova, or at the point of relaxed satiety or satiety, and one who breaks apart the bones while consuming the carbon Pesach, he would appear ravenous. He would appear like someone who's desperate and really, really hungry. So in this vein, the Sefer Achinuch in Mitzvah number Tes Zion 16, he writes that it isn't the way of Bnei Malachim and Yoatse Aretz, or it's not the way of princes and noblemen to break apart and suck the bones when eating the meat. And to eat in such a way, in fact, is the way of a ravenous pauper, which is certainly beneath the dignity of a royal people who is no longer in a state of abject servitude. So the second approach is that of derech b'nei malachim, dignity and nobility. So on the one hand, we have chipazon, haste and urgency, dependence, humility. And on the other hand, we have derech b'nei malachim, dignity and nobility. So the question is if these, these two approaches are contradictory by nature. Because urgency appears to be the opposite of luxury. Indeed, a royal prince is not rushed, and of course, one who feels rushed is likely not a product of pure royalty. And perhaps on a most basic level, these two approaches are entirely separate, and maybe they're both equally important symbols of Pesach, and in fact, there are many mitzvahs of Pesach that invoke opposite meanings. For example, the matzah itself, which is symbolic of both slavery, right? It's a poor man's bread, a bread of affliction, and it's also a symbol of freedom. That was the bread that we ate on our way out of Egypt. But maybe... Perhaps, just maybe, between these two approaches is actually a basic lesson about a delicate balance that is definitional of true freedom. And the definition of this true freedom is actually quite easy to miss in our common misimpression of what freedom is. And it's really not at all intuitive. Right? Because one might think that true freedom is the ability to have whatever one wants, such that as soon as that object is available, one will just grab it. And another might correctly argue that, of course, this lack of self-control is really just the most profound form of slavery. It is slavery to one's desires and inclinations. And in fact, when Hashem strengthened and weighed down Paro's heart, 
right? He hardened his heart, but the lashon of Hechabid, he weighed it down. What was he really doing? He actually forced Paro into a reality where he could not overcome and resist his own preferences, even when all reason told him otherwise. Although we may think that Hashem withdrew Paro's free will, what he really did was he locked him into his own original decision and demonstrated what slavery looks like. In effect, Hashem enslaved Paro to himself. And in this vein, some might argue that what's true freedom? True freedom really entails a sense of security and the luxury of relaxation that comes from the knowledge that one has all the time in the world and all the means to achieve what he desires. But perhaps that also does not capture and represent true freedom. Granted, acting out of pure hunger and desperation is obviously not being free, but neither is having zero sense of urgency and purpose. Too much free time is really not free. In fact, it can be quite costly, especially if that free time is not used purposefully. With too much downtime, one can condition himself to be lazy, unproductive, lacking in purpose, and could eventually become depressed from that. The Gemara in Brachos actually records how the Gentile kings would just sleep in every day. Right? Unbridled power and royalty really does not make for the most fulfilling, flattering, and liberating life. And ironically, with so much of this luxurious, quote-unquote, freedom, one often comes a profound deal of mental paralysis and slavery. According to the Svarno, the second kind of slavery was precisely what Hashem was liberating us from when he declared, This month shall be yours, that they would finally be able to manage their own time. What did they suddenly gain? They weren't merely being granted free time, but rather the ability to control, organize, and allocate their time, specifically so that they would have a framework to actually busy themselves with meaningful and purposeful tasks. So in the end, what is in fact the secret to true freedom? Don't break the bones. That is to say, on the one hand, don't be a desperate glutton. Stay calm and contained and never ever forfeit your dignity for that last piece of meat on the bone. But on the other hand, don't break the bones, meaning live with a healthy sense of urgency. Have some haste. Don't sit around and just suck the bones dry. Always have what to do and a somewhere to be. Have a destination. Have a purpose. And at the end of the day, in whatever form, don't become a slave to your own freedom. Shalom B'Zochot live lives of true freedom in the most purposeful and liberating way in the service of Hashem undisturbed in the times of the Geula with the coming of Mashiach from Herb Yameinah.